Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Read something here to you by A.W. Tozer. So we're continuing on hearing his voice. We're talking about stranger voices. All the messages are available online, versus messages one through six. If you want to go back and watch them at faithfamilybillings.com, you can. All right, A.W. Tozer said this. He said, retire from the world each day to some private spot. Stay in the secret place till the surrounding noises begin to fade out of your heart and a sense of God's presence envelops you. Deliberately tune out the unpleasant sounds and come out of your closet determined not to hear them. Listen for the inward voice till you learn to recognize it. Isn't that good? I like Tozer, you know. He became popular after he died, which is common with preachers of truth. They become famous later. So, so far in this series, we've looked at the importance of the Lord's pruning in our lives. The voice of the shepherd and the voice of strangers we discussed. We kind of discussed both of those, and we discovered the details concerning both from John chapter 10. We looked at an example in John chapter 21 concerning the life of Peter. Peter allowed the stranger voice of curiosity about the call and purpose of John to lead him in a direction that the Lord did not want him to go. When Peter asked Jesus about John, Jesus' response was, what is that to you? And that's a good question for all of us to ask ourselves when we're considering something else and we should be focused on what the Lord has for us to do. What is that to me? Then we looked at zeal, zeal for God. How many know we're kind of on fire around here? Right? We love the Lord, right? We all individually do in many ways. But you know, you can become so zealous and you actually can miss where God wants you to go out of just zeal to go. Okay? And uh, we looked at this from Acts chapter 16, verse 6 through 10, where Paul was actually forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach in certain places. And then we looked at the history of that a little bit, and we saw that actually later John and Peter went to those places, and God had a separate place for Paul to go preach. How many know we're all supposed to go, or we're supposed to go into all the world and preach the gospel individually, but we're not supposed to do that ourselves completely? Like how many, you realize this, and I know this is so practical, but you have to think this way. You're not in Africa preaching right now. Somebody else is, except for Lindsay. She's there and preaching in Africa right now. Lindsay Kessler, she's in, what, Ethiopia, right? Yeah. So, uh, um, but, but see, that's her call. That's not my call. She could come to me and say, I think you're supposed to do this, Sean. And I say, I'll give you money. You go. <laughs> Bye. Send me pictures because I'm going to stay here and preach to you. Amen? Because that's my job. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So we looked at that, and then we discovered the voice of our family can be a stranger voice. How many know our family has opinions? Oh, my goodness. I think God telling you to do this and that and the other thing where we need to hear individually from the Lord for ourselves concerning ourselves. It's not that God can't speak through others. It's just we need to place certain ranks in our lives. So in other words, it's not a disrespect for those who share with us what they feel like the Holy Spirit is saying. It's just we need to take that and go, okay, I'll consider that against what the Lord is telling me or with what the Lord is telling me. 
I've had people prophesy to me about, because they, they recognize something in me as a gift or a ministry gift, whatever it is, and they'll try to actually impose their call on me because they think, well, if he can do that, he can probably do this too. Well, I can't. I'm not saying I couldn't go do it, but unless the Lord builds the house, my labor then is in vain. I have to remain in my grace and under my anointing to do what God has called me to do. And that goes for all the business people in the room. You cannot partner with everybody on the planet. Well, it's a good opportunity. Is that a leading of the Holy Spirit? Well, it's a good amount of money. Is that a leading of the Holy Spirit? Well, they're a good friend of mine. Is that a leading of the Holy Spirit? Or is that a leading of a stranger voice? Now, the money and all those things could be part of what God's leading to you to do, or it could be the enemy attempting to lead you astray, and he's going to drain you of what you currently have. So we need to hear his voice. That takes time. That takes effort. Amen? Ultimately, what do we know and what do we look at so far to this point? It is my individual responsibility to hear from God for myself. To, to, to give you an example of how this can work through people specifically, let me say this. How many remember the account of where Peter looks at Jesus and he says, you are the Christ, the Son of God. You're the Savior. And Jesus then looks at Peter and says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you but my Father in heaven. In other words, what did Peter do in that moment? He heard from the Holy Spirit. He related something to those around him that was a word from God. How many read a few, have read a few verses down below that where Jesus starts to share how he's gonna be crucified and turned over to the Romans and all this stuff is gonna take place and Peter's like, now that is not the Lord. How many know you're pretty confident when you're telling Jesus Don't let hearing from the Lord go to your head. Because right after that, the Lord looks, right after he confirmed what Peter heard was right, then Jesus switches and says, that what you are saying, Peter, is of the devil. Is it possible that I as an individual could yield to the Holy Ghost one minute and yield to the devil the next? Yes, this is why we need to hear his voice. We need to take time with him, right? And so some questions that we considered, how many decisions have I made in the past without Jesus leading? What was the result of those decisions? These are personal evaluation questions. Sometimes I look at them and I go, I don't want to evaluate that. But how many know ostrich in the head in the sand is not faith? You have to look at things and be honest with, my, I have to be honest with myself. Why? It is my responsibility. All right, all right, let's do this. Put your hand not on your neighbor, on you. <laughs> not on your spouse, on you. Say, it is my responsibility to hear from God for myself. Amen. It's your job to hear him. Amen. And you can do it because Jesus said you could. And he doesn't lie. Amen. All right. So as I look back and consider these situations, what did I allow to lead me? Think about these things. Where did I get off? Why did I end up with a harvest that I don't like? How did those weeds get there? Okay. 
How am I going to change this from now on? What, are the, what decisions, how am I going to adjust how I think and how I, my time, how I fellowship with the Lord to make sure I don't make those decisions that cause such harm to me and in my family in the future? We should think about that. I don't know about you, but I don't like eating, I don't like going to harvest corn and only seeing weeds in the field. I don't like that. I don't like that in my life. It bothers me. You know, I used to wonder, how come I don't have any money in the bank? And then, you, you know, you sit down with your wife and you do a budget and you go, oh, I got a revelation. Turns out there is no free money. Amen. That's a good word. I don't know if I struck a nerve, but... So this morning, I'll, I'll wrap up with this one thing. I want to get this point in. Stranger voices, this is another stranger voice, come from this present world. Okay? Stranger voices come from this present world. Our purpose in this point is, in looking at this, uh, is to illustrate how stranger voices come through this present world system. As before... We looked at this before. We must be sober and vigilant here as well. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9. Paul is writing to Timothy, and Paul shares some strong things. How many like Paul? He shared some good things by the Holy Spirit. He said, be diligent, Timothy. Be diligent to come to me quickly. Verse 10, for Demas, who is Demas? He's one of the workers with Paul in Paul's ministry. Demas has what? And why did Demas forsake Paul? Because he loved this present. Now watch, I want you to think about this with me. First of all, we must never underestimate the stranger voice of this present world on our, and its effects on our soul and on our desires. We must never underestimate that pull because it's pulling 24-7. Uh, First John, uh, he, John actually states it like this. He says the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. And that is actually has to do with like a blanket. It has to do with like a, 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 a force that is pulling and pulling you to a particular direction. And I want you to think about this with me. Demas is ministering on the ministry team of who? Do you think Paul had some cool stuff go on in his ministry? Do you think Paul was a man of faith? Do you think Paul had, the, had some miracles, some signs, some wonders? Do you think he had some real deliverances in his ministry? And yet Demas was still affected by the world to pull him away from God's assignment for his life. So I want to I present some thoughts to you. Think about this this way. Demas is traveling in ministry with the guy that we know today wrote over half of the New Testament. And the world pulled him away. I want to present some more thoughts here, so think with me. Demas is traveling with the man who had claws, handkerchiefs and aprons, taken from his body to the sick, and demon-possessed and, and demon and people, and, and they were healed and delivered. Demas is traveling with the guy who saw a jail get rattled by an earthquake so that he could be released. 
Demas is in ministry with a mighty man of God who has seen Jesus Christ and who was caught up into the third heaven. And yet, because Demas would not listen to his shepherd, but rather chose to listen to the stranger voices of the world, he departed from Paul. And the word in the Greek is forsook. It means Paul didn't play around. He wasn't like, you know, I understand, Demas. The world has a lot of fun in it. He said, you've forsaken me. That's strong words. Very strong words. Because of the love of this world, Demas forsook his fellow believers and more importantly, abandoned God's call on his life. There was a demand that was, there was a demand that was coming to him from the world. And what did he do? He did like Lot. What did Lot do? Where did Lot aim his tents? Toward, so every night he could hear the sounds and see the lights. And it's, if you read through that whole story, Lot got closer and closer and closer. And then one day, Lot's living in Sodom and Gomorrah. What did Demas do? Man, traveling with Paul? Oh, that guy is too intense. I mean, we should be able to have a little fun around here. These are the thoughts that are coming in. <laughs> How many know the Lord wants us to have some fun? How many know life is not all about fun? Actually, it's the smallest portion. Somebody should say amen on that one. because just... <laughs> We have fun while we work. I learned how to goof around while I work, like have fun. But you're still accomplishing things. I have watched many people in churches and ministries through the years allow the devil to feed them the lie that if they were with a more known ministry, they would be do more for the Lord. But this is a lie. We will do somewhere else with someone else what we are doing now where the Lord has us planted with the people we are planted with. It is exactly that way. Changing locations and circles of friends will not change us individually. Our character does not change from the outside in. It changes from the... Well, I want to be a part of a great ministry. We'll get to work. We're going to be... We are we ours one. <laughs> well, I, you know, if I was with Paul, you might leave like Demas. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm not trying to browbeat you. I want you to think... These are things that the Lord addresses with me. Sean, why are you giving me this much? When, I, when you would give this much to something else you want to do. It's not a condemnation thing. I want to ask one more question here before we look a little deeper into this verse. Do you think that Demas was held accountable for abandoning Paul in his God-given ministry? Absolutely. I'm not saying he went to hell, but there's reward lost. You know, the thing about God is he knows he's God. Turns out he thinks he knows everything. <laughs> Turns out he does. <laughs> right? So Demas is only mentioned three times in the scripture. Colossians 4.14, 1 
this verse here in 2 Timothy, and then in Philemon 24, which is 124. There's only one chapter in Philemon. In Philemon 124, Paul called Demas his fellow laborer. We see this in uh, uh, the verse states it this way. He was talking about greeting Philemon, and he says, uh, as do Mark and Aristarchus and Demas and Luke, my fellow laborers. So they were laboring with Paul. Notice Paul didn't say, my fellow vacationers. What did he say? My fellow laborers, which labor is the word for what? Work. Oh, I love it. I, lo I don't mind work. Paul sent greetings in Colossians 4.14. Paul sent greetings from Demas to the Colossians. Here he mentioned that Demas had forsaken him. Paul gave the reason for Demas forsaking him, and it was having loved this present world. It wasn't easy being in ministry with the Apostle Paul. No ministry or discipleship is easy. Serving is not easy. Paul had been in prison for a long time. He spent over two years in prison in Israel after his arrest in Jerusalem. Before he departed for Rome, we see this in Acts 24, 27, um, where he departed for Rome. His trip to Rome included a shipwreck. How many know that wasn't fair? And being stranded on an island, that's not fair either. And being in prison for, not, uh, for nothing, for no crime, just being in prison, all of which surely took a year during his shipwreck and all of that. He then remained in prison in Rome for two years. Most ministers and disciples today would have left with Demas. I thought we were called to the ministry. What is this? The ministry. <laughs> it is the ministry. Serving is hard on your flesh. They, could think, they would think it unreasonable for anyone to have to put up with such hardship. They certainly wouldn't have found fault with anyone who left under such circumstances. They would have been sympathetic. But Paul's evaluation of the situation was that Demas left because he loved this present world. Our modern-day evangelistic approach to the gospel doesn't, uh, doesn't make many, if any, demands on people. But the saving faith that the Bible promotes demands commitment. We would do well to preach the level of commitment that Jesus and Paul preached instead of conforming to the lower standards of today. It's a wonder why we don't see more freedom in believers' lives. People say, well, it's not that way. I don't have to earn it. You're right. You don't have to earn it, but you do have to work within it. Read Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 and see if I'm wrong. I'm good with you thinking about it and checking and going, is that right? But read Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 and see. Paul said, you're not saved by grace or you're not saved by works. You're saved by grace, right? But then you were created unto good works. In other words, faith is an action. So I can sit on the couch and eat potato chips and go, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm blessed, I'm favored, I'm favored, I'm favored, flip, flip, flip. I'm favored and I eat potato chips and, and, and all that stuff and drink soda pops and, and, and just sit there and confess these confessions all day long. But until I go out and get a job, there'll be no channel for the rich to get to me. What, what happened with me through the years is this. 
I realized I can do it his way or my way. I tried my way. Ouch. It hurts. So the more we conform to him over time, the more we work with him, the more his promises and his goodness manifest in our lives. What is already a reality in the spirit becomes a reality in the natural. And that's where we have to approach these things. Did God know what Demas would go through when he traveled with Paul? Oh, yes, he did. Amen? So, we must never underestimate the stranger voice of this present world on our soul and natural desires. So, here's some questions that I'll leave you with. What decisions have I made based on the influence of the world this last year? What decisions have I made based on the influence of this world this last year? Secondly, and this is kind of a two-part question, but it'll make sense. What was the fruit of those decisions in my life? Or in other words, how did it affect me and those close to me? What effect did I, as a parent, in making decisions according to the influence of the world, what effect did that have on my children, my wife? You see this? Well, that, that seems like aggressive. It's not aggressive. It's just normal Christianity. What has happened is, through the years, is the church, as always, it's just kind of the typical course of things if you don't watch it, it drifts into natural thinking and out of spiritual thinking. This is why Peter told us, be sober, be vigilant. How did I get where I was? Now, sometimes people think this is a condemnation thing, and it is not a condemnation thing at all. How, how many would say this? I really need my life to change in some areas. How many here, by show of hands, has a perfect life right now? And you're perfectly mature in Christ. I'm about to give an altar call, so please raise your hand. <laughs> No, no, we're all, what are we all doing? We're, if we're born again, we're growing. We're developing. But if, it, 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 when it comes to growth spiritually, just like naturally, you have to face realities in front of you. Now, sometimes faith people want to do this. They want to just pretend like it's not there in faith. That's not faith. Faith doesn't look at the mountain. Jesus, Jesus didn't say, if you look at the mountain and say, the mountain is not there, the mountain is not there, the mountain is not there. That's not what he said. He said, you must acknowledge the mountain, then speak to the mountain and command it to be lifted up and cast into the sea. You can't stand in front of your problem and go, there is no problem, the problem doesn't exist. No, the problem is there. Just ask your wife <laughs> or your husband or your friend or your kids. They will tell you it's there. So what does honesty and genuine faith do then? Honesty and genuine faith carries with it a true heart of brokenness and repentance before the Lord. 
And that, I'm not talking about just in the spirit in that sense. Our spirit is made brand new. I'm talking about you're honest in your own soul with you about where you are before the Lord. And then individually in your prayer closet, you present before him, Lord, here are the decisions I made and I know that some of these have really cost me. How do you want me to change so that I can change the outcome of these situations? And when we begin to interact with the Lord like that, concerning the mountains, concerning the problems, concerning the situations that we're facing, as we're honest before him, there's an openness within our soul to where we can receive from the spirit of wisdom and revelation concerning our eyes being open to the light of truth that is able to what? Make, set, and make people free and help them remain free. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go back to the addictions that I was in. I have worked with the Lord, and he has worked with me for this long, and I'm not going back. You know, at this point, when I have problems, the first thought, doesn't, the first thought that comes to me is not, you should go get some weed. You say, why would you say it like that? Because that's what I used to do. Turns out the problems didn't just go away. I just became, I just got into an altered state and didn't, you know, Care, whatever you want to say, I don't know. <laughs> Wasn't aware, even though they're still there and you know they're there. It never solved the problem. What was I doing? I was in doubt and unbelief concerning the situation instead of in faith with the Lord. So instead of backing away from difficult situations, we embrace them with the resurrection behind us or in us. We look at the, the enemy coming against us and we say, I am going to submit to the word of God and I'm going to resist you, devil, and your job is to flee according to the book. And I'm under contract according to the blood. I'm in the covenant, so it has to flee from me. Now, if you do that and you don't see immediate results, don't give up. Come on, I heard Joyce Meyer say this years ago. Where's Joyce? She can come. Oh, there you are. She's not even hiding from me. I didn't see her. I want to give an altar call here, so as little moving around as possible, please. Joyce Meyer said this years ago, the church needs a whole lot more backbone and less wishbone. Faith is not wishing. It's a fight. How many have been in a fight? Oh, good, lots of people. I, I like scrappers. How many know there are rounds to fights? Now, if it's a street fight, there are rounds, there's just no bell. <laughs> it's usually your buddies. You know, he's had enough, you know. I can still go, you know. <laughs> no, you've had it. It's time for you to take a break. But there are, there, in other words, there's an exchange of what? blows your enemy is swinging so you need good defense tactics spiritually but then also you don't want to do what paul said beat the air in other words you want to make contact right with your enemy so how how is that going to be most effective how are you going to know how, you have to listen to your coach you have to listen you have to hear his voice and he'll say, swing with your left hand or swing. He'll tell you what to do. 
And then as you do it, then you'll see the changes. Amen? How many want that? I believe I'm looking at people that'll do it. You know, maybe you're visiting today, you're from out of town, whatever. Listen, just take the principle and do it. You'll see it. It'll work for you. He will work for you. I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, He will. I know by the Word of God, but I'm telling you by the impression of the Spirit of God on my heart, He will move in your life. And the things that, you, you know, some, some people uh, uh, here, you're just, you feel like you're just subsiding. You're living like there's really no, you're just trying to get by. And God wants you to get up and get happy and get expectant. Because He's got a future for you that's so bright, you have to wear sunglasses. Come on, that's the truth. The path of the just is like the rising of the sun. It shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. My best days are not behind me. They are in front of me. They are in front of us. I don't care what this world does. My head is up. I'm looking. The natural stuff is the natural stuff. Uh. The Lord told me if I would Matthew 6.33, he would, he would bring all these other things to me. So I'm just going to Matthew 6.33. I'm just going to keep Matthew 6.33 all the way through my life till the very end. And then I'm going to throw off the tent and go to heaven unless he comes to get me first, which I'll take either. <laughs> Amen? And then it's just cherries from there. It's whipped cream and sprinkles. I mean, I get a glorified body. You can't even kill it. I can walk through walls. I'm excited about that. I am part of the intergalactic ruling system of the universe. And it isn't Star Trek. I don't need a Scotty. I've got a Holy Ghost. Nobody's beaming me anywhere. I'm just going with the Lord. <laughs> The devil lost. Oh, and I believe it. So we're heading into a new year. We'll be blessed. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in here today and you've never received Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity. I want to, or rededicate your life to the Lord, whichever it is. You know, sometimes people get away from the Lord. They need to get back. So if you're in here today and you just know in your heart the, that you need to put your faith in Jesus as a son of God, which is what causes you to be his child and be born again, I just ask you to raise your hand where you're at. If you're watching online, if you just want to go ahead and put up a hand emoji and maybe a yes, we'll pray with you as well. They're looking live in the comments to see if there's anybody here. I just need to see your hand. Amen. Praise God. Okay, I don't see anybody. I don't see any hands. Uh, is there anybody online, Michael? Okay, nobody online? All right, you can look up at me if you would. Don't forget about next week. We'll be sending out a flock note. Uh, guys, don't forget about the Men's Wild Game Feed. And this could be a great opportunity for us to walk by faith in the two services. We'll have more room. So you can bring all the people you know that don't know Jesus. Or maybe you know some people that are just laying out of church, they're not going anywhere. They are born again, but they're not really plugged into a family to be a part. They kind of bounce all over the place, you know what I mean? If they need a home church, we'll, we'll plug them in. Amen? You can be a part of the family. We love you. 
All right, well, Happy New Year. Come on, hear his voice, amen? God bless you guys. Have a great, great week. We'll see you next week. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.